0: Oh, it's so wonderful to see you again. Come in and unwind. Welcome back to the Celestial Cafe, a podcast for the magical mind. So come, take a seat. Would you like something sweet? A star drop potion for the soul? Maybe an enchanted eclair as a treat?
1: I just baked a batch of warm cookies with a dash of moonlight. I wonder what will happen if you take a little bite.
0: Here's your bewitching beverage. Let each sip melt your worries away. It's time to open your mind. I wonder what magic awaits us today. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Celestial Cafe podcast. Uh, Today, we have a mini episode for you all about reincarnation and past lives, and we're just going to kind of dig into that goodness. So on our mini episodes, we don't have our full cast of all four hosts. It's just two of us that are kind of hyper-focused on one topic, and today it's me, Hey Shady Lady, and the lovely... Fuchsia. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Fuchsia. How are you today? I'm um, sleepy, but trying to get through it. <laughs> I, yeah. I think you mentioned earlier that it was just like so much sleep last night, but I still feel underslept. Me too. Like... Yeah.
1: And I don't get it because like my Fitbit says my sleep score was amazing and I'm just like, okay, but,
0: but I had why? some crazy <laughs> dreams too. I had a dream I was carrying around a, a, an aquatic frog. So like a frog that breathes air, but it needs to live in water. And I was carrying it in my hand and I was trying to find it water and it was getting sticky because it was getting dry and it needed water. And then eventually I found like a, <laughs> like a, a shower coming from outside. And so I put it under the water and then I was like, closed my eyes and like washing my hair and then lightning struck and it electrocuted the frog in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean it was still alive it was just kind of like um it it had gone like googly eyed and like like kind of mm-hmm. did, like brain dead and uh before it was like a very like I was like what in the hell is going on with my dreams but as usual <laughs> my dreams are whack. Yeah, I was having pretty like
1: consistent dreams and memorable and not impactful but like I was remembering like the entire dreams like all day long for a while like leading up to and after we did our dream episode but this past week has been like I I forget it as soon as I wake up and I know I dreamed something. I was like, oh, that was interesting. That was let's remember that. And then as soon as I wake up, I forget uh-huh. it. So that's been uh, My dreams
0: have been pretty vivid. We've been talking about dreams a lot here on Celestial Cafe. <laughs> we had a whole lucid dreams episode a couple weeks ago and it's been very prevalent in my mind. So uh we'll definitely leave a link to that episode below. But but today is not really about dreams at all. Um, no, I bet there not at <laughs> all. There could maybe, I could maybe bridge these two topics. There I think, could be but. overlap. Um, we're going to be talking <laughs> about reincarnation and past lives. And, um, this is a celestial podcast, celestial cafe podcast. So if you'd like to find out more information about us and get links to our other episodes or find us, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, we're available on podcasting platforms. And if you're listening on podcasting platforms, we're available on YouTube. And we live stream every other Thursday at twitch.tv slash hey shady lady. and you can find our website at celestialcafe.org and you know pop in, join our discord support us on patreon we appreciate all of the support even if it's just a listen and a like so thank you all so much without further ado i guess we'll jump into it so before we go all lectury, how do you how do you feel about reincarnation what do you think about reincarnation i
1: definitely uh i definitely personally believe in reincarnation i grew up like some of my earliest memories are well my earliest memories are watching the monkeys on TV. But my other earliest, (laughs) my earliest philosophical spiritual moments were debating reincarnation with my dad. My dad my dad believed in reincarnation. I remember when I was really young having these conversations and not really getting it, but like, you know, five-year-olds don't really get reincarnation, but like just being exposed to the idea of it. And even if back then I didn't quite believe in it, but I carried the thoughts with me for like years and years and years until I was finally like let's let's kind of examine this and get into it and i personally like my spiritual belief is that I believe in reincarnation. I also think scientifically it is possible. To me, it's a very spiritual magical kind of thing, but it also has basis in possibilities in science. I mean, there's that phrase that we've all heard a million times, like we're all stardust, like we all come from the same atoms in the universe. And who's to, to say that we don't get reborn into different configurations of those atoms?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because I think that's going to kind of touch in on uh, I, I wish I knew the the term of it off the top of my head but there there's an, it's a scientific thought about there being a very specific amount of energy available in the universe and so mm-hmm. the idea of reincarnation kind of contradicts this scientific theory or reality I want to say it's a theory I think most of science is a theory I
1: th- I think it's a theory um, that like no energy is not created or destroyed. There's a, there's a just, finite
0: amount of energy. And so if reincarnation yeah. is real, then it also begs the question of when there's higher populations on Earth, when there's not higher, like there's more mm-hmm. humans now than ever, especially as we're getting better with, with medicine and all of this stuff. So where does this energy come from? But then like I think of it, my immediate thoughts are reincarnation isn't just an Earth thing. It's a universal thing. So maybe another planet yeah. like exploded. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more energy available to incarnate on a planet like Earth earth or other planets. So th- I love this topic. I don't remember the first time that I became aware of the idea of reincarnation. I also don't know when I became like aware of death or anything like that. And I find and it interesting that another mini episode that I'm specializing on is focused kind of around death. <laughs> Man, maybe I'm having a bit of a morbid uh, <laughs> couple of years. If you have listened to other episodes of the podcast, you know that I'm um, I come from a, a history of like psychedelics. There's a vivid memory I have of one of my acid trips where I was with one of my friends and my my best friend known for almost 20 years now. And I was kind of in the thick of the, the wiggliness and everything was getting like wompy and weird. And I remember kind of like I, I zipped away from myself and had a whole spiritual moment and came back. And when I was like staring at my friend in the face, I, I said to them, how many times have we done this? How many times have we been here? And that has stuck with me. I think that that was probably over 10 years ago, but that stuck with me where it's like, what did I mean by that why did I say that but I know what I meant by that like I and there's this feeling of me and him are we've been dancing this dance in many lifetimes past and that's part of uh, the thought of reincarnation is I guess we'll start by just defining reincarnation. As a whole, before we start to dig into like little branches of it. But reincarnation, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already know this, but just for just the daughter tease and cross our eyes.
1: <laughs> is there anyone who hasn't at least heard of the concept of reincarnation? I feel I'm like curious. everyone has. Yeah, let us let right. us know
0: if you're completely new to the concept. But it's a belief that after a person dies, their soul is reborn into a new body. There's some beliefs that it's that it could be animals or humans or other types of life forms, but it depends on the culture. It depends on the belief system. And your soul, when it's reincarnated, would carry your memories and experiences and possibly personality traits from your previous life, but you're not going to access like the individual parts of it. So it's almost like trace memory is being brought with you. And I, and this could mm-hmm. kind of like tie into collective consciousness with instincts and um, things like that. So I want to touch in with astrology a little bit on this too. But before I jump into that, do you have any, do you have any comments on just the basic of reincarnation? yeah so um a
1: lot of reincarnation is very uh soul based so your soul when your body dies goes on to another instance and a lot of people have different concepts of what the soul is the way that i have always conceptualized it is the soul is the essence of our being of who we are that goes to another life whereas like at the same time we have our spirit which is like this essence of our earthly life here here. The human spirit. Yeah. The human spirit that stays here. And that's why even if you believe in reincarnation, like if you believe everyone reincarnates, we still have like we still have spirits. We still have ghosts. We still have these otherworldly sightings because oh, interesting. Those are, it's like a split between
0: the two. Because this brings up the question of like if reincarnation is real, why do ghosts exist? Because yeah. why would your soul be stuck here <laughs> as a ghost? But I the way I kind of look at ghosts or the idea of ghosts <laughs> is they're kind of echoes of something. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily think that the soul is trapped, I think it's like a memory. I think echo is the best word, a vibrational echo of something that was in that area before. Yes, reincarnation suggests that the individual soul continues to exist beyond death and can inhabit multiple bodies over time. So it does suggest, it's not even suggesting, reincarnation can exist if souls don't exist. So the the entire Mm -hmm. basis of this is wrapped around souls. And the belief in reincarnation is distinct from other ideas of the afterlife, where the soul would move on to a different realm, like going to heaven or hell. And I saw a bit about like Egyptians, ancient Egyptian beliefs where the soul was judged by Osiris and sent on to, it was either able to go into the afterlife or it was, the soul was destroyed if it, if it failed that test, which I actually think is kind of an interesting concept too. Like souls can be destroyed. Mm-hmm. What does that really mean? You know, and there are other types of reincarnation that would include ascending to higher planes of existence, achieving enlightenment, etc., And that would kind of come into discussion around. I think like Buddhism and Hinduism, the central belief in Hinduism is known as samsara. The ultimate goal is to break free from the cycle of birth and death and achieve moksha or liberation from the material world. And Hinduism is where karma comes into play, the law Mm -hmm. of cause and effect. And it's believed to play a key role in determining the uh, conditions of your next life. So however you behave in this life determines what you become in the next life. But it's interesting because at least in Hinduism and Buddhism, there's a graduation from reincarnation. This is like a a soul trap is what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. So like, why are we, why are we here? What sent us here? Is it a punishment to be here? This gets into a whole existential crisis, right? If we're trying to graduate from it, then you've also got these new age beliefs of like some souls chose to incarnate on earth right now Mm -hmm. because the stuff that's going on in earth and this is an important time Mm -hmm. for like higher, like old souls to be here to help the new souls move through this whole kind of thing. What do you think about all of this? I know some
1: people do see like, depending on your life, circumstances, this life being a punishment, why didn't you move on to the next phase? Why didn't you move on to nirvana? Is it punishment from your past life? But it's also maybe this just speaks to who I am as a person is I see it as learning opportunities, not necessarily being punished, but we cannot achieve that next stage until we know everything until we achieve nirvana until we are that perfect being whatever your beliefs
0: says. What if some of us already are. Like we already, we have achieved nirvana, but we've intentionally come back specifically to be, I don't know if teacher is the right <laughs> word, but light in the tunnel for the other souls that mm-hmm. haven't done this before. I wonder if that's possible in this in this belief system of... Yeah, I don't know. I always felt like it's not
1: something you personally have a say in. Really? So... Yeah, like I mean, mm-hmm. you have a say in your actions during your life, but if you go on and uh, achieve bliss because that's how you lived your life, working towards that, then that's it, right? I guess it also comes down to what kind of belief system, if you believe in a deity that's that has a say in this, if you believe in whether it's a god of death or god or the ability to Manipulate the powers of the universe. I don't know. I've I've never thought. I've never thought about finally achieving bliss and then wanting to come back to Earth. Uh, I know, <laughs> like,
0: because like, like, I, I also I like for me as like an Earthling, I don't understand what it would look like to achieve bliss. I mean, I have my psychedelic states where I'm like. I, I remember when I was doing some research for this last night. I watched a whole bunch of podcasts and stuff on YouTube. One of the videos I was watching was talking about how once you reach this state of like being away from the body, your soul has drifted on into this. Film mm-hmm. where you have a life review and you look at all of the experiences that you went through. And this would be like in the Egyptian lore where Osiris is weighing the heart. So you're you're in this, this after this area. And there are some beliefs that there's a period of rest and review in between your incarnations where mm-hmm. you reflect on the past experiences and prepare yourself for the next life. There's a belief that you, you choose the next life. You choose your parents. You choose your struggles. Mm-hmm. And this, this is where I find this gets a little bit dangerous as far as asserting this belief because this is very difficult to say to someone who is having chemo for cancer or has been the victim yeah. of some kind of violent crime or something that they mm-hmm. chose to. Ex- I This is where new age beliefs often give me a pause because it feel, feels very victim blamey. But then it's the whole question, like maybe you wanted to experience that to understand what it feels like to experience that. And that's kind of when I start to dig into reincarnation a lot. That's what it kind of settles down to is where the universe experiencing ourselves subjectively through individual experiences. And we want to know as a collective entity, we want to know what it feels like to be the victim and the perpetrator so we can fully understand that experience as a whole. To have
1: the entire human experience, which is also another fun reincarnation belief that I've come across. The belief that we are all one soul being reincarnated over and over and over in different points in time non-linear just like one mm. soul having the human experience and experiencing everything and what what you do to me is me doing to me but I'm not aware of it in this lifetime. So that's one I find absolutely fascinating. I don't particularly believe in it myself, but I think it's really
0: fun to think about. When I think about that one too much, though, I'm someone who consumes a lot of true crime media. And when I think about a sociopathic human and Mm -hmm. them believing that we're all one soul and them believing in reincarnation and them believing that it's one soul doing it because everything wants to experience, I think that that would fuel a sociopathic murderer to be like, well, it's okay that I'm doing this because I want this to happen. The universe wants this to happen, right? Um, so I think that I think that these like philosophies and beliefs can can get a little. Man, I don't know. I, every time I have conversations with people, I feel like I take it in the like negative, well, what if the, this bad thing is true? What? If, uh, but I'm a horror brain. I think about the negative scenarios and stuff, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely think also people can use it to
1: justify a lot of things in bad contexts. And it comes down to you and your own spirituality and you being i don't know a good person at pe- <laughs> at being a good person it's, yeah <laughs> being at peace with who you are i think ultimately no one singular this is just overall broad reaching off the topic of reincarnation but i think no one singular spiritual belief will be perfect for everyone no yeah um, and and that's just because everyone is different But maybe we're not because maybe we're all one soul.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the movie Soul? Uh, Pixar? The Pixar movie Soul? Uh, Uh Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah with yes. the the jazz musician and yeah. I actually thought that that was when I was watching it I was like hold on they're kind of woke this is <laughs> this is pretty like lined up yeah. with, with kind of how I imagine soul incarnation and stuff mm-hmm. I I do think that I believe in reincarnation I mentioned my my psychedelic experience because that like that whole experience like it, I don't even is I don't want to say it created it I feel like it uncovered the raw the rawness of my myself underneath and there's Mm -hmm. there it's like an unmistakable universal truth is what i experienced in a lot of those moments i strongly feel that i'm not hey shady lady i'm not ty or tiffany or whatever i'm i am there's an entity inside of me or something there's because who am i in my dreams i'm not i'm not this personality and that I've talked in the, the dream episode, I talked about a dream I had where it, it felt like an echo of a previous mm-hmm. life. It felt like it was it was real, but it wasn't real to me in this life. I think that the universe is like a video game. And I think simulation theory is another thing that's heavily talked about in the new age communities and stuff, especially with the, with the, the age of technology coming on all of us. But we are all just sims. We just plug in a different video game when we're done with this one. <laughs> we're like, you know what? It was it was really fun being this silly little e-girl and now I want to be a computer scientist scientist or now I want to Now I want to be um, a peasant farming turnips <laughs> like because like, I just want a simple easy little life for a second because it was complicated being a social media <laughs> bitch <Anyway. laughs> um, but I also think that like it's funny too because I was having a conversation with my brother when we went to get dinner earlier and he said that just last week him and his friends group were having a discussion about reincarnation and if you could choose what you were reincarnated as um, and there was no you can't opt out. You have to reincarnate and you can choose anything on earth to reincarnate as, what would you pick? And a lot of them were going with animals. And I was thinking, I want to be a bird. <laughs> I want to be able to fly. I want to fly. And I, I was talking to him and I was like, I don't know, maybe it'd be nice to be a, like a big giant whale where nothing can hurt me. And I'm just chilling, floating around, you know. But then my brother was like, well, what about the 1700s when they, the whales were hunted for their their like whale oil and <laughs> their blubber and whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so, it depends mm-hmm. on the time. What do you think you would pick?
1: I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, (laughs) there there are so many qualifiers, right? Because like, yeah, it would be great to be like cat. Like one of my cats or like toasty a house cat with a nice cozy life, but you can't pick that. You can't guarantee that you would land in a
0: nice cozy life either.
1: Because, because like a lot of cats have a rough life. If they're feral or they're, they get abandoned. So it's like, I don't know because everything has its heart. And everything has its struggles, but everything also has its good points. I don't think I have an answer. I Ooh, don't, I okay. have thought about this so much throughout my entire life and I have never come <laughs> up with a solid answer. Um, and maybe, maybe it will be I get to the end of this life, and that will be the question for my next life, and I'll be like,
0: oh no, I'm a Libra rising, I can't make a decision. (laughs) Well, you won't be a Libra rising anymore. Um, Well, I will at the end of this life. (laughs) True. Um, So, Um, yeah, why don't y'all let us know in the comments, or in the Discord server, what you would pick out of anything, and I guess you could pick an individual human if you really wanted to, more so just kind of a general question. Would you want to be a human again, or would you rather be an animal, or would you rather be just a little leaf floating in the breeze. <laughs> Even like as much as
1: I would like to be a nice little house cat or whatever, I think I would probably choose to be a human again and experience different a different human the life. The only thing
0: I don't like about being human <laughs> is the existential knowledge <laughs> of being a human. And I know that you. I'm going to die. I know, mm-hmm. like, I don't like the self-awareness. Um, my brother also brought up a quote earlier that was like, I don't know where he got it from, but he is somewhere on the internet. So some, somebody's attributed to this quote. I just don't know who. He's, th- the person he was talking about said, I've never seen a dog crippled by self-doubt. <laughs> and that's the one thing about humans is the anxiety, the stress, the existentialism, mm-hmm. the, I don't know. I, I would like to be free. I mean... Maybe I could end up in one of those rare humans. I think
1: they're a myth, but they're called um, neurotypical. Whoa, what's that like?
0: (laughs) It'd be so boring to be neurotypical. I don't want to be no normie. Hold (laughs) up. Just be nice to not have anxiety and depression my entire life. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to touch on astrology here for a second. Um, Dukes will probably have a lot to say about this as well. I'm not an astrology expert. I'm very interested in it. I I would consider myself like I'm not an expert, but I'm also not totally ignorant to it. So in the astrology chart, the birth chart, there's something called the North and South Nodes, and these are still kind of they're kind of an ambiguous area. It's sort of like Chiron and Lilith, technically imaginary points on the chart. They're very measurable. The lunar nodes, also known as the nodes of destiny or the nodes of fate, are the points in the sky where the moon and sun cross path. And we have this happen twice a year. There's two eclipse seasons throughout the year. Um, I think we're coming up on the uh, spring eclipse season. I want to say like in the next month or two, we should be having our eclipses. So whenever the sun and the moon cross path, that point in the sky creates a node. That's the lunar node. And they cross in the north and the south as far as like their position around the earth or whatever. And this is where Astronomy starts to come in, and I'm not I'm not great at that kind of stuff. I, I know the north and south node on the chart. They look like a little kind of like a little curvy horseshoe, and one is facing upward, and one is facing downward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the north and the south, and they're always opposite of each other. So they they connect um an axis together. So if you're a Gemini north node, you're a Sagittarius south node, right? They're they're opposite That's me. of each other. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know my north and the south off the top of my head. I'm looking at my chart. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, I you would pull it up. <laughs> so, so it's such an obscure part of the chart to know. I knew we were going to talk about it, so I pulled up my uh-huh. chart. I was like, where is so, it? So some astrologers <laughs> view the North and the South note as indicators of past life experiences and lessons that need to be learned in the current lifetime. I've also heard these called like the dragon's tail or something like that. The dragon's head and the dragon's tail. And the way that I visualize this concept is imagine a like look at your birth chart as a circle and now imagine a race car or st- like a shooting star rocketing through it and wherever it pierces the chart is the south node so that's the entrance point and it's moving towards the north we're always looking towards the north the north star right we're- and it's moving towards the north node and it exits the chart in the north node so when it's entering the chart it's bringing in it's like kind of wrapped in all of that south node Energy, it's coated in it. It has extra layers of that energy that it's shedding as it's moving through, and it's trying to get to the north. It wants to be more like the north, so it's 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 hoping to gain more of that energy. And as it leaves the chart, it should hopefully have shed all of the south node energy, and it has become the north node energy. That's how I've come to conceptualize and understand this. That's interesting because I have a Sagittarius
1: south node, but I also have a Sagittarius stellium. So I have a lot of Sagittarius. In my chart and in my personality, and those would probably and, pose a lot of struggles
0: for you in your life, is what I would guess. Yeah. That that kind of and you're moving towards Gemini, so Gemini,
1: which is interesting because I historically do not get along with most Gemini. That makes sense
0: though, because you've got the kind yeah. of like the opposite aversion, right? It
1: has been a lifelong journey to learn
0: how to get along with Gemini. The South Node is, uh, and here we are having a great conversation. <laughs> but i have a Sag Moon, so that might yeah. that might make it a little bit easier.
1: I mean, the last the last few years has been a
0: whole dose a lot of better. Gemini. <laughs> a lot better. Life journey. The south node represents traits and habits that an individual brings into this lifetime from their past life experiences. It's associated with karma, the law of cause and effect, and unfinished business of past lives. The south node can indicate the areas of the life where you're comfortable and familiar, but you can get stuck in this or repeat past mistakes re- related to this energy. And the north node represents the lessons that you're meant to learn and the spiritual growth you need to achieve in this lifetime. It's often associated with your individual life purpose and the qualities that you need to cultivate in order to fulfill it. The North Node can indicate areas of the life where an individual may feel uncomfortable or challenged, but also where they have the potential for the greatest growth and fulfillment. So when you look at your North Node, it's things that usually scare you and possibly you, you judge a lot. You're, you're feeling quite judgmental towards, you see it as a, as a bad thing you're, because you're in your comfort zone of the opposite end of that spectrum, the opposite side of the axis. So some astrologers use these two nodes to explore themes related to reincarnation because they would say that whatever past life you came from would would create that south node entrance. So the south node might reflect the previous life that you came from. The example that um, this has here has a, a south node in Scorpio. And a south node in Scorpio would have unresolved issues with power and control and intimacy from their past lives because that's a lot of the Scorpio energy. So this one has also a north node in Sagittarius. Is that your north node? So your south node is Sag. No, south node is Sag. So yeah. a north node in Sagittarius means that you need to explore themes related to faith and wisdom and exploration. And I'd, I would also posit as a Sag moon independence. So not everybody that's into astrology uses the north and south node in this way. Um, they might not, just because you are an astrologer doesn't mean you believe in past lives either. Um, that's the thing about these new age beliefs is it's very nuanced. People hold them in different ways because in the new age community, some people are like Buddhist. Like Buddhist New Age witches, and some people are Christian New Age witches. So there's very different beliefs. And as far as I understand, Christians' Christian belief system doesn't really align with reincarnation because there's a heaven and a hell. There's not the life's recycling, right? For the most part, I was
1: doing research on specific, like, examples of studies about reincarnation and there have been cases where people who their claims of reincarnation were verified uh, just by, like, evidence. One of them said that God sent him back for a second chance and Mm, he was, like, devout Christian and so overall, like, the Christian churches don't really support it, but there is room for belief individually.
0: And I think that's kind of like for everyone. I don't know. I think when people get pushed and shoved, I think a lot of people believe in reincarnation and and maybe not believe, maybe that's not a strong word, but I think a lot of people are curious about it, kind of align with it, whether they feel like it or not. Because I mean, I think it's even just like part of like the common vernacular to just be like, oh, you must have been an asshole in the past life to have deserved this kind of thing, you know?
1: (laughs) And even though people use it in the wrong context a lot, um, people talk about karma all the time. All the time. Yeah. And what comes around goes around, even though like... The pop culture version of karma is very different from what reincarnation karma actually is. I I do think it's something that, like you said, like aligns with a lot more people than will admit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, what counts constitutes as evidence for a past life existing or reincarnation existing? So, there have been studies
1: in the past, um, or even in the current, I suppose, where they did studies with these mostly children who claim to have had a past life, who claim to have memories of past lives. A lot of these studies were done pre-internet or pre-height of the internet where information was not as easily accessible, especially when they were claiming to be this person who was pretty obscure and would not have had like data on them in the local library or whatever. So the first studies were done by a doctor Ian Stevenson, he was a psychiatrist at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. And he sat down with these children, usually between the ages of three and five, who like had spoken to their families about being someone else in a past life. And their families had gone and tried to figure out who they were talking about. And they always had like specific memories. This one kid said that he spent a lot of time in Paris and he had a Really large sunglasses collection. And he worked at a talent agency in Los Angeles where they changed people's names, you know, to make them more Hollywood sounding. They verified 55 things that this child said. That's so specific.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So, so so specific. And that's something that a kid wouldn't think about, like changing people's names. Three to
1: five years old. The thing is that, like, a lot of these studies are with children because they have the, the belief is that they have a stronger connection to their past life. As they get older, they forget a lot more. It even said in this this article I was reading that as he became a teenager and an adult, he doesn't remember these things anymore. He remembers the studies now, but he doesn't remember having those memories. He went and just found who this person was and just like through tons of research, there's no way a four-year-old could have found this, um, especially pre-internet, because this was... I forget when the study was, but he was talking about someone who was in the 50s. So, there was not a lot of information on this random talent agent. It's more than coincidence. There have been like a lot of studies. I think there have been 2,500 verified studies of reincarnation, verified individuals in studies. I don't know what the time frame for those studies were, but... I mean, the article that I just pulled up was just a little over a year ago, but they said it's typically between the age of two to five years old that kids start talking about their past lives.
0: And it's interesting because we talked about this a little bit in the Alice in Wonderland episode as well with Dukes uh, a couple weeks ago, but how young children are often more malleable or open or closer to the veil. So children Mm -hmm. often see ghosts more than adults do, or they, they see things. They're more in touch with the Mm -hmm. other side, kind of thing. Also, it'd be a fresh, like, you just got into that body. You know what I mean? So, you, you, it's kind of like trying to remember a dream three weeks later. So, when you're 15, trying to remember your past life, it's like trying to Mm -hmm. remember a dream you had last month you might have like flickers of it but for the most part you're gonna be like I don't know what the hell I dreamed last Mm -hmm. month Like, I don't remember anything about that I barely even remember my dream from last night and there's some examples that I saw of children that were like one one specific one that's sticking out my memory right now is what a a child had been sent to his bedroom for being bad for whatever reason he was under five years old and he was crying for his mommy and then his mom went into the room and was like comforting him and he was still like no I want my mommy I want my mommy and she's like I am your mommy and he's like no you're Mm -hmm. and he said her name He's like, I want my mommy, and then he would eventually call the mom by the other mom by her name, and this was my other mm-hmm. mother, and all of this. There was a lot of examples of children who were remembering their previous, and there was even one example I saw of a kid that was like, "You were my son in a past life, or you were my husband in the previous life, or something mm-hmm. like that." And I saw one, too, and this is where the skepticism kicked in in me a little bit. Not not so much that I didn't believe, but where I could see skeptics kind of harboring on this. Another example was a woman who had had a miscarriage and uh, a year or two later, she had a successful pregnancy. And when that child got to a couple of years of age, he was talking about how he started to be with her, but then he got scared and he went back. And, and then he, now he's here with her again. This was the, the no, not the, mm-hmm. the first time I was your kid, mommy. Now, I'm now, now I'm here for real or something like that, you know? And um, mm-hmm. obviously that I, if I had been the person experiencing that as the mother, that would have broken me. But yeah, I mean, that- that's a very sensitive topic in yeah. itself. <laughs> she, w- she was talking about how it kind of like made her, f- you know, feel better and relieved her and mm-hmm. made her feel like she had the kid that she was supposed to have all along. And the skeptic in me comes up immediately and is like, this is very wishful thinking. This is very much just mm-hmm. her healing a previous wound. And, and this, this is the other problem I say with air quotes around it with reincarnation is there's no physical evidence of any of this. There's, there isn't any scientific evidence of reincarnation or past lives existing. Mm-hmm. There are really compelling personal anecdotes of children who are... I have another one. Carol Bowman wrote a book called Children's Past Lives, and she mentions a young boy who claimed he was a fighter pilot in World War II and was giving specific detailed descriptions of the plane, the location where he died, and these were things that were able to be verified. Jenny Cockle is another person who claims to have memories of her past life, and she wrote a book called Yesterday's Children. She remembered her past life as an Irish woman named Mary Sutton. She has a whole story about that. And then the, the final example I have is James Leninger, L-E-I-N-I-N-G-E-R, who also remembered his life as a World War II fighter pilot, which mm-hmm. is very like, the, the thing that I never understand with these past life scenarios is people are always remembering, like, I don't know, stuff that's already happened. W- so you talked earlier in the episode about mm-hmm. how past lives are nonlinear. They could be from any point in time in, in human history. Why doesn't anybody remember future lives? <laughs> like, why doesn't anyone remember anything like from the future or anything? I've been reincarnated, but I was like in some kind of sci-fi tech world where we had augmented eyeballs and whatever, which we're pretty close to in this day and age now. But I mean, maybe that comes into the whole like
1: time travel paradox. We can't remember the future because uh, we can't change it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of paradoxes that would happen here overall. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of skeptical people in, in regards to reincarnation and past mm-hmm. life. And One thing I do, I do want to touch on too is we have children who remember their past lives, and that's one major piece of evidence with, with air quotes around it to say that reincarnation is real. There's also people who experience, have near-death experiences and they go to realms where they leave their body and meet their 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 loved ones and and have the life review. Life review is a, is a big mm-hmm. phrase that's used in reincarnation and past life discussion. It's the life flashing before the eyes. Um, and I, I saw someone talking about this on a podcast last night where it was just very interesting in that the past life review isn't as simple as you just like, you're life like going like, like a little like, like a little movie mm-hmm. reel. You're also like in every scene and every moment, rapid fire, feeling how it felt for everyone involved in the scenario. So if you were a serial killer, you're also feeling the victim. If you were mm-hmm. someone who broke someone's heart by cheating on them, you're feeling the pain of that broken heart that you caused and and you feel all of it. And this is where I think the Egyptian Osiris situation, like how do you feel after reviewer, after you're doing that review of your life and seeing the effect that you had on everyone else? How heavy is your heart? Do you feel proud of yourself or do you feel like you lived a good life? This is where I think with reincarnation and the new age belief of it, we reincarnate to continue lessons that we didn't learn. We go back in Mm -hmm. because we didn't finish learning a lesson or we need to be taught. My question when I start to get into this whole lesson thing is like, what's the final exam? Well, what are we studying for? <laughs> what are these lessons for? Like, what are
1: we trying to, like, level up to? I think that, I mean, that depends on what your belief is. Like, Buddhism has this very explicit definition of we're trying to reach nirvana. And we're trying to reach that blissful existence or lack of existence at that point. I <laughs> don't know how you would define it. Yeah. But, but, like, uh, we're trying to reach that bliss. So, so, every lesson that we take with us from life to life to life is supposed to get us closer to that State Hinduism has a similar state that you're trying to reach.
0: And I guess if we are, we're all one Mm -hmm. soul experiencing ourselves subjectively in different different iterations. Mm -hmm. That means that time doesn't exist. And we're literally just like one person who's like shoved their brain or one entity, whatever, shoved their brain into all of these different puzzle pieces. And we're morphing into these different shapes. Like you and me right now, we're the same thing. Like we're the same soul. Mm -hmm. And you're just in Fuchsia's body and I'm in Hey Shady Lady's body. And we die and we like, morph back into one thing along with dougesley and panthera and everyone listening to the podcast right now and <laughs> you too dear listener <laughs> y'all are us we are we are one i am you here me or he we are, we one are together. all together the beatles had it dude <laughs> this would kind of make sense to me as far as like linear time not existing because one soul being mushed down into everything means that we're experiencing everything simultaneously this also kind of to me if, if the one soul thing is true, the lesson thing isn't applicable because unless it's like one life expires first and then it's like going back into the other and we're kind of trying to apply linear logic to something that doesn't have a timeline on it because it is just one, one thing that's been mushed. I'm imagining a cheese grater and Play-Doh being pushed down and separated into a bunch of different pieces, mm-hmm. like cylinders of Play-Doh, and then you mush it back together into one Play-Doh ball at the end. You can take each little like piece of Play-Doh that's been pushed through the cheese grater and turn it into a cat and turn it to a dog and turn it but it's all play-doh and it all gets mushed back together and the cat play-doh and the dog play-doh think it's different but then you just push them they're not like i don't know i can see you having an existential crisis right, right now <laughs> <laughs> it's hitting it's hitting yeah it's once I, like i have to control myself a lot when it comes to to any type of like kind of woo-woo discussion and i use that term mm-hmm. obviously lightly because i'm very clearly into the woo-woo into it yeah um, but I have to control myself a lot because it's very easy for me to spiral into it and then mm-hmm. I start to come to a it's very hard for me to perform practical life functions like getting a job and doing the laundry when I'm like but we're all one man <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> it doesn't matter if
1: I'm doing the laundry because me over there is doing the laundry literally like <laughs> I'm just meant
0: to be dirty in this life man <laughs> it so super easy and that's what i say is like i've got like a silly little like a silly little brain but if i was a crazy serial Mm -hmm. killer like when i apply my own like my own thought processes to someone who's like a charles manson or something i'm like dang Mm -hmm. i'm glad that i'm just a little ditz
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a little idiot i'm glad that i
0: am at my core, a good person. Yeah, and
1: not gonna, not gonna take advantage of this. At my yeah. core, I'm just Sailor Moon. I'm a
0: crybaby idiot <laughs> um, who likes food. Why do you think that we don't remember our past lives?
1: I think part of it might be by design because we are supposed to. If you go with the theory about like we're supposed to be learning lessons, which I is a big part of my personal belief. I know this lesson from before. I inherently carry it with me into this life. But different circumstances present themselves in this life that can change that lesson. Just as a general example, in my own lifetime, like I have made the same type of mistake, but in different ways because it was a different situation, and sometimes it was I made the same decision, but it wasn't a mistake for the sake of learning lessons and learning new lessons. They're like in the back of our mind, but not conscious. I also think some of it is just like we don't remember the mundane in general. As humans, we don't remember the day to day mundane. I don't remember. I don't know what did I eat yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> did did I eat yesterday? Oh, I no. can't tell you. Um, <laughs> but but like I don't. Re- Remember, like, what time I woke up yesterday. Yeah, I can go look at my Fitbit, but I don't remember. If you think of it, that's just kind of what happens when we think of past lives. They are more of the mundane that we're like, just our
0: brains are programmed to forget because we can't hold everything. I think a lot in my life. I wish I could be five again, but I wish I could have all of my memories now so that I could live my life better. I think that almost daily. I'm not going to lie. Like, I wish I could be. be 15 again. Let me do it all over. There's a meme I see that's like, I want to, let me be a kid again. I've got of new ways to ruin my life this time um, or something like that. Like, <laughs> But then when I really think about it, I'm like, do you want to be five and be afraid of doing a cartwheel because of you breaking your arm when you were 30? Like, do you do you want mm-hmm. to carry that fear with you again? Do you want to carry the the trauma and the memories and and like the trauma and the memories and all of this stuff also gave me wisdom and and helps me make better choices and shaped me into who I am as an adult. But if I were to actually like get a fresh start, it's almost like I wish that I could have like the reincarnated thing. I under I understand why we would reincarnate without the tangible memories, but the vibes. Like I now I'm not going to come in here and be a pathological liar, for example, because I learned in this past life that that gets me put in jail or something like that. But you don't remember that tangibly. You just, you now have this like soul feeling that lying is wrong, right? Yeah. The the moral issues that caused you problems in past lives will start to become things that you hold strong, like positive moral stances on because you've already learned. And this is where I think, again, like the collective consciousness uh, of our like collective unconscious memories. I think that all of our little experiences go up in there and that's why like you get vertigo when you're standing, not even standing when you're looking at a YouTube video or like have you ever been playing a video game and you kind of like run too close to the edge and you get this gut feel, this this like pit in your stomach, like this like dropping through your stomach. me playing Minecraft all the time. You get that, like Minecraft does it to me really bad. I get insane like it hurts my stomach if I'm standing Mm -hmm. on a block and I could fall to my death and that I think is the collective unconscious memories of actual painful deaths falling (laughs) off of cliffs that have just been put into our our little animal brains. But
1: anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I guess one last thing. Have you ever tried to connect with your past lives? Not intentionally, no.
0: And I, I think that there's there's like a healthy skeptic in me that like I I guess I wanted to mention, let's let's keep going on your train of thought, but I did want to mention past life regressions as mm-hmm. a type of hypnotherapy, which is incredibly controversial, where you will be induced into a hypnosis where they will try to walk you back into either early life memories or past life memories. Some individuals claim to have vivid memories of past lives and experiences. There's also a very I, and I I think worthy skepticism about this because there can be a lot of false implanted memories that come from this. X Files goes into detail on this, mm-hmm. like alien abductions and stuff. Not the X Files and like hypnosis, uh, <laughs> hypnotic inductions to remember the abductions, but then it just ends up being implanted memories and and false memories and and all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I wanted to mention that one too because that those are the three I think major types of evidences: people having near death experiences and remembering things in that realm past life memories of people who have gone through past life regressions or just having their memories pop up without being hypnotized for it. Mm -hmm. And then children, like early children, remembering things from previous lives that are able to be verified Mm -hmm. through research. But to your question, I have not ever intentionally tried to dig into my past lives. No. And I think that as I spoke about earlier, if I get too far into, if I started to like try to intentionally tap into my past lives and I started feeling intuitively connected with it, look, I don't know what that would do to me.
1: <laughs> See, I, I am actually kind of surprised because you, as a Gemini, you are an intensely curious person. And I mean, you say that all the time and you want to know everything. So I'm actually surprised that you haven't looked into um, just like looking into who, like what your past lives were just from a curiosity standpoint. Like I know some people in Chicago who do tarot readings of past lives regarding past lives. And I haven't done it. Um, I've talked to them about it, but not about me getting a reading just about how like, how they do it and they also just in general like do a lot of mediumship i know that can be like a starting point for it meditation meditation is an answer to everything isn't it honestly Uh, but, but but and and dream work um i think also you said like you feel like you've had dreams where you feel like you were getting glimpses of past lives. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. And echo. But again, if I, you, I keep using that word. Like if you did
1: that, like intentionally for your dream dreaming, that could be like an avenue for it. I haven't done it myself. I haven't like, I'm not really curious about who I've been in past lives, but I'm more curious about the, th- just exploring the theory. So I haven't looked into it myself on a personal level, but I will probably like end up getting like past life readings or something just
0: for the curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah cuz I think that if I were going to get past life readings from someone the way that I would sort of verify it I I what cuz I am I, I'm a, I come from a skeptic mindset. I will mm-hmm. I will say that I don't immediately believe stuff like this because because I'm because I don't. And uh what I would what I would recommend is if you were going to get past life readings from people I would try to get them from multiple people over a span of a year or so, so like a half a dozen or more. And then look look for reoccurring themes between all the different people I wouldn't take mm-hmm. one person's reading for you as like gospel and be like it's yeah. true my name is Sandra from the 1940 like you know I would try to have a healthy skepticism mm-hmm. and look for continuing themes and then I would also yeah. try to line it up with your birth chart and and mm-hmm. look at look at information and and insights that you can glean from your birth chart as far as stuff as that mm-hmm. is concerned too
1: yeah i i think anything along those lines a healthy dose of skepticism is is absolutely needed. Don't lose yourself (laughs) in this. But if people are curious about looking into their past lives. Those are some starting points. I'm a little curious but I get the feeling that I
0: wouldn't like what I find.
1: (laughs) I get the feeling I would not have anything profound to learn from it. Like like I learned my lessons and I'm carrying them forward but I would not have anything profound
0: to learn from. You know it's interesting because I was watching um, another interview um, and it was with a psychic medium who was the inspiration for the show The Medium I'm going to leave a bunch of links in the description by the way of of a lot (laughs) of these podcasts that I've been vaguely mentioning just if y'all want to follow up on any of these topics but she was talking about how she like does police consultant work to like help find killers and stuff like that which is which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool I'm not gonna lie she was talking about how people who are like convicted serial killers they're because she's also heavy into astrology as well um but basically they had the weight on their chart or from their past life experiences that that they were inclined to want like I want to murder I want to and I'm trying to Use like a light example of some kind of villain here to just illustrate this, but this could also be applied to a lot more nefarious things. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, I wake up and I have fan, I fantasize about killing people, right? Like hypothetically, and this <laughs> not hypothet- in hypothetically, not me, <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> that those are thoughts that go through your mind or you're imagining like and you're fighting against those urges to do those things maybe because in your past life you had done them a lot and you ended up getting punished and now you're feeling this gut feeling of it's wrong to do this but there's some people that who still act on these these urges and there's some people who instead will so that's like the negative side the the mm-hmm. the opposite the, the tail side of the coin of when you or someone with those urges you you succumb to them and then there's the opposite side of like i have these urges but what i'm going to do instead, is join the police force and help identify killers because I can identify. With, oh, I thought that uh, was. I thought that sentence was going elsewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> I, about the police force, I, I would join the police force and murder them. <laughs> but I uh, live <laughs> in Chicago. No. Our police force is not great. Okay, <laughs> but but join the like I become a detective or I become an FBI yeah. agent and I mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. my insight of these urges to help identify people that are acting upon them because I can think like them, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the 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 head side of the coin. That's the positive side of the coin. So what I what I find interesting about this conversation about past lives and And all of this kind of stuff is it falls a lot on morals and what you decide to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. in your lifetime, what is bad and wrong and good and, and whatever to do, um, what you feel guilt and remorse about and what you don't feel guilt and remorse about and how that weighs upon you in the afterlife when you would be going into the new life kind of thing. Like, like, I mean, I talk about like reincarnation as life lessons
1: to carry forward to ultimately achieve bliss and get off this Mortal coil. That doesn't mean that everyone is taking heed to those lessons. That does not right. mean everyone is actually learning from those lessons. They might be living the same life, not the same life, but like the same life lessons, lessons over and over, over and over yeah. until it, until it finally sticks. And
0: I think that we even see that in our own personal lives too where it's like, oh yeah, why do you keep finding yourself like with deadbeat boyfriends that don't work? Or like, why do you keep finding (laughs) yourself with like unrequited love? Like you're just constantly pining after someone who never returns the affection. (laughs) Or why do you find yourself uh, at jobs that suck your soul out and don't pay you what you're worth and you're just dreaming out the window. You're constantly repeating (laughs) these same lessons over and over and eventually you get a little bit better recognizing them. And you see like, oh no, this is an emotionally unavailable person. And I see the flags already. Like you start to notice the red flags, but Mm -hmm. you have to experience them first before you even know that there's a flag to be put there. Right. Yeah.
1: And some people get that after the first lesson some people get it after the 10th. Or 100th
0: or a dozenth life or, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe like, yeah, maybe it's like they go, they they get decreasing like in, I don't know how to to, like tactfully discuss this without, in regards to people who are going through hard situations. But again, I don't want to be
1: victimized victim blaming. No. no. And like, what I'm yeah. more thinking
0: of is like one life you have, like maybe you have like a very violent partner who murders you. And in the next life, mm-hmm. you're still in an abuse you're still finding yourself in abusive relationships, but they're less extreme. And then over time mm-hmm. you eventually become to have like an unconditional love where there is like mutual respect, but you've gone through multiple lifetimes where it's the, the types of roles that you're playing get like decrease in like extremity over time until you're finally in, able you know and that's why i mean like i don't know how to tactfully kind of approach this here um yeah. again because mm-hmm. it, it when when we're talking in like like larger than life scenarios it i feel like it can kind of um i don't know the word i'm looking for but shit on the individual experiences that may be like currently mm-hmm. happening, right? So I guess like yeah. it's all a big grain of salt, but this is definitely um along with ghosts and aliens and Bigfoot and all of this stuff. These are this is always one of my favorite topics. So mm-hmm. it's like 3 a.m slumber party. <laughs> hey, do you think that reincarnation's real? You know? <laughs> uh,
1: we didn't even talk we I mean we barely mentioned it, but we didn't really talk about like universal reincarnation and like like we like, touched just on because it. Yeah. we touched on it. But like I i also want to just like as a final point like this does not mean that you might you might not be reincarnating on this earth every life like you might be reincarnating speaking of aliens like on other on other planets um so um it's not just you're not just human it depends on your belief
0: system some people believe it's human only so um so Mm -hmm. yeah i guess let us know in the comments um If you had to push into a corner, you have to pick something to reincarnate as. What would you pick? And if you want to, I'd love to hear about your north and south nodes and what you like, pull up your birth chart, take a look at your north and south nodes. Um, and let me know how you feel about that and in regards to like lessons you're learning in this life and, um, Can I reincarnate into a dragon? That would be sick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's my answer. There's my answer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening. We're going to go and wrap it up because we're pushing on time just a little bit. (laughs) But um, thank you all so much for joining us for another mini episode. Next week, we are doing our astrology episode is that correct yes so finally our big astrology episode so y'all should be this should be the 10th of april that y'all are hearing today's episode right now so on the 13th of april at 7 p.m eastern standard time you can tune in live at twitch.tv slash hey shady lady while we record it it's going to be all four of us kind of doing an astrology 101 um so it's definitely going to probably be a a big hefty two-hour video two-hour episode if you want to know more about like the the
1: North Node and South Node, let us know because if we can you let Doom us know touch ahead of time, on we, can, yeah. we can touch on it because we don't talk about it a lot. So if you want... If you want to know more about that. It's one of my favorite parts of the birth chart because yeah.
0: it's, it, you know, it kind of adds a little <laughs> depth to it, but um, mm-hmm. we'll be recording that episode live this Thursday and it won't be available on podcasting platforms or here on YouTube until the 17th of April. Um, so if you want to catch it a little bit early, drop by on Twitch and yeah, you can find our website at celestialcafe.org. We really appreciate all the support and the new subscribers and stuff on YouTube. Welcome in. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. Anna. Thanks for to our Patreon patreons yeah oh, big Patreon special thanks to our patrons we really really appreciate y'all i guess that's gonna be it for us so we'll see y'all in the next episode of celestial cafe bye everybody bye